and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand chum, the bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for the intro, as always, Stevie, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast. This is episode 48. We are marching on strong and regular in number. Thanks for joining us this week, and as always, starting with an update on social media, we're now pushing... 1737 followers which is absolutely outstanding and we know there's still more people out there because every week we announce that we've still got more followers so more Orient fans are joining us so anyone that's got a casual passing interest in us then please tell them about our account we are seem to have our finger on the pulse with quite a few tidbits and information and we'll we'll come to that later on but you know if you want to keep up to date with what's going on at Orient then we really are the, um, the the place to be, um, <laughs> you know, for some early news as well as the club's obviously a Twitter yeah. uh, official Twitter account. So at Orient Outlook is our is our address or our Twitter handle, um, and include that for a retweet. We're also on Instagram, uh, which is Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. And as always, if you're not on social media for whatever reason, you can email us. We are Orient Outlook at outlook.com yep so a busy week last week so thanks to everyone who listened um, worldwide listen so we'll start off firstly by uh, closer to home closer to home there was a listen in the Isle of Wight yep just just the one was it yep I don't know who that could have been I don't know hashtag camperman so thanks for listening (laughs) (laughs) Uh, listeners in USA Sweden France Morocco which hasn't cropped up before I believe which is great so Mm -hmm. if, if you're listening get in contact Portugal Korea Spain Mexico China Iceland, Brazil, uh, maybe Ronaldinho thinking about coming to Rome, <laughs> uh, Italy, so Mr. Bichetti, obviously, um, Saudi Arabia, Cyprus, Dimitriou, listening nah, in. He's in Warsaw. <laughs> he's in Warsaw. Uh, Denmark and Germany, so thank you for all the listens, and we had some great emails and some great tweets this week, didn't we? We did indeed, yeah. Brian Scorben uh, from New Jersey got in touch with us via Twitter. And we found out a little bit more about how he started following the O's. And he, he told us that he lived in Leytonstone uh, for a year, the O two O three season, um, when he moved over from New Jersey to do some supply teaching. He went to a lot of the home games and a few of the away ones. He's been listening to every game ever since. He's only been back a couple of games and the last one was in February 2008. Brian can be found uh, on Twitter at B.S. Corbin. Uh, so give him a follow. Uh, you know, make him feel part of the Orient family and, and thanks for getting in touch with us Brian nice to know that you're out there and still following us um, even though it was for a season which I don't think was a particularly good season <laughs> if I remember rightly but yeah amazing Orient fans everywhere yeah, ma- amazing know, how New Jersey sticks. Yeah, it's amazing we also had an email from Tom Mann and this was on SoundCloud so thanks for emailing us Tom and Tom said I live in Auckland New Zealand and I've been here since 1979 the last game and trip home was at the Emirates which was pretty well a defeat but to be expected yeah. but a great experience though um, still mad for the O's and just loved the real hours and the supporters bar on a match day and a full English breakfast at the Royal Cafe <laughs> great result at the weekend being in Lots County 3-1 which was previous week um, it was worth getting up just before 3am <clears throat> to listen to an Orient player amazing that's Bro- dedication though. that is dedication that's brilliant uh, I do have another two Orient supporters at work in our team and the office what are the chances of that being in New Zealand having three Orient fans A in the country let yeah. alone in the office he must have converted him. My presumption is they're New Zealanders and he's converted them. Right. But Tom, let us know, mate. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and he said, we listen to the midweek games while working, of course. Of course. Um, and I just love listening to your podcast on Monday morning at New Zealand time. It's my day off and you guys are doing a great job. So thank you. But no, Tom, thank, thank you, you for listening. 
Um, yeah, brilliant. Wicked. So moving on now, last week was episode 47. Uh, cool, created quite a talking point, actually, about the Lloyd James over yeah. Jack Payne scenario, which Steve raised. Um, so at Peter LOFC said, both me and Dad are try- uh, were saying we'd rather be playing James than Payne. Prefer his ball distribution. Pain has all the pain was all hype. Yeah, that's very um, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Vince Howard, seventy three. So regarding pain, we need someone to sit deep, allowing others to push on. James isn't a defensive midfielder in my eyes, so there can be no comparison. Good point, yeah. Vince. At George Ses- uh, George Session says, just caught up on the last three episodes today, lads. So all or in outlook out at the moment. <laughs> uh, great pods once again, and on the pain debate, I've got to say I'm a massive fan. I think his passing is so accurate and incisive at times. Although he is small, he puts in his foot and makes a fair share, makes his fair share of tackles each game. I think he'll be a key player, which is really interesting because obviously for those aware of George's job, he's the uh, Orient correspondent for the Archant uh, newspaper yeah. group, which is the local um, recorders and posts uh, in the area. Um, and so he obviously gets to see a lot of them, gets to know them, gets to see a little bit more yep. than, than, than your average. So thanks for getting in touch, George. Yeah, Elliot M. Byrne said, I can't agree more of George Sessions. Payne is a wonderful player who has been instrumental in the last few matches and I can't rate him higher. Okay, yep. interesting. At Ian Manny Rennie John said, he's a leader despite not being the captain, something we need more of. Yeah, I mean, I do like the fact that he's wanting to kind of shout at his teammates. Yeah. And he's not been here for that long and he's wanting to kind of G Put himself up. out there. I like that. Well, that's where he's come from at Peterborough, isn't it? Where yeah. he's come from a captain's position. So it's yeah. kind of probably instinctive in his, as part yeah. of his game. Good point. Uh, and Matt Bristow um, DM'd us. He said, I just listened to last week's pod. Good listen once again. Regarding uh, the Payne and James debate, this is a really good point, actually. James played himself out the side when Payne got signed due to a couple of poor performances, which meant Hendon had the option to play Payne. If James was on top of his game at the start of the season, he wouldn't be sitting on the bench now. We lost impotence on Saturday as well when Payne was subbed. Impetus. Impetus. Yeah. Sorry, that impotence. Did I say impotence? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he actually James is absolutely right. You know, he wouldn't Payne wouldn't have had the right to come in and just take a, sp- a place in the starting eleven. And and what Matt's picked up on is absolutely right. Lloyd, Lloyd James allowed that to happen because he wasn't doing well. He wasn't playing well. And we called it a few times. We called it out on here a few times saying that, you know, when James went off, the game improved. His passing was off. His positioning was off. And he just wasn't doing what James had done very well in the past. I think Lloyd James has a massive part to play this season. I agree. Uh, but we'll see, you know. I Maybe being benched, it will give him that kick up the backside that perhaps he might have needed I think when you get to November, December and suspensions start piling up and injuries yeah. and injuries and people like Pritch who inevitably has a bad injury record or, people, or you know certain midfielders I just see James having a massive point to play but we'll see you know okay. but thanks for all your tweets and all your messages on that and generally on the episode we've got some great tweets as well yeah. at Ben LOFC it's a great podcast again lads I see what you mean about Chickson but I feel the left flank is a little more secure now down with Shaw. So that was in regards to my last point about not being too impressed with Chichester on his debut. Yeah, which is fair because he's not exactly been outstanding since and we'll, we'll, we'll cover that in just a minute. Yep. Um, at Stephen3338605 says, in response to at Ben LOFC's tweet, I was not convinced by Chickson on Saturday and to be honest, it was less of a priority than getting another yeah, striker. Good so good point. It, is, it is fair. Um, at Nick Almighty 79 so take a listen all those fans and like our team these guys are consistent at what they do great pod fellas thanks man I thought I was going to say consistent at what they do 
Badly. Badly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At Grayno75 <laughs> says, now listening to episode 47 by The Pool in Orlando. Cheers for the mention. Keep up the good work. Best at Leighton Orient FC podcast. And you know what? Just as I'm reading that, it's just reminded me of when I was away sitting by the pool. Nice. Listen to your outdoor podcast yeah, or just course. generally just listening to Orient the player. And yeah, bad. Yeah, good times. At Euro Orient. I said another great episode, gents. Hope to see Chickson come good and a lone striker by Saturday. Nick, that did happen. It's, uh, it did, yeah. It did. Someone's in the know. Yep. Um, additionally, thanks for all your votes in the Football Blog Awards. Unfortunately, we didn't make it to the final. The selection was by public vote and we were up against some really, really big podcasts that had sort of, you know, 10,000 followers plus. So much bigger clubs with much bigger fan bases, which is exactly what we'd said at the yeah, beginning, you know, was. that we didn't expect to get anything. But There was an Arsenal one that got through something about Burkamp, like it was in the title of the podcast. And I, I had a look at, at them on Twitter. They had 24,000 followers. Yeah. You know, which meant, which meant that if they got 5% of their audience voting for them, we'd have to have 100% of ours. So... You know, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, no, that's, meant to be. That's, that's exactly it. And you know what, um, that that's how it's always going to go in football. The, yeah. the, the upper echelons that have bigger fan bases, that's just how it is. Yep, so we move on. Um, and upcoming, some good news. two weeks, yeah. we approach episode 50. Now, believe me, there is some big things happening behind the scenes. Scenes, yeah. From Orient Outlook Towers. We've uh, been in contact with a few ex-players um, and a few people around the club and it's looking and shaping up to be a mammoth podcast which is quite scary if we get everyone who we think we're going to get if it all works out like it's supposed to <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. going to be like the best podcast ever yeah so we'll start revealing details probably towards the end of the week yeah. and probably in the next episode when yeah. it's like a week away but we've That's got it. we're being joined by a couple of special guests who are going to sit in on the podcast we've already got messages by a couple of a few ex-pros. Ex-pros. ex players, um, so... And if you follow us on Twitter, you've probably seen a conversation between us and a current player who shall remain nameless about second time. <laughs> yes. No giveaways no on giveaway. this show. No giveaways no on this. So let's let's crack on with the week that was. Yep. Um, Sammy Moore, um, in his, inter- his uh, post-match interview, uh, discussed his wonder goal uh, against Notts County, um, which was obviously the previous week. He said, for the second, the boys gave me it, which was... The second goal, the which was goal. the wonder goal, yeah. uh, the boys gave me a bit of stick. To be fair, saying that they should, he should have passed it, and they would give me a telling off. Although he used a, a slightly ruder word, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because I because he didn't pass it. But it's gone in, and it's one of the best goals I've ever scored. So I'm delighted. I've got two in one game. I don't think I'd ever done that before. So I'm delighted, and the boys are as well that we got three points. That was the main thing, and that we bounced back from Tuesday night's defeat against Carlisle United. Yep, so absolutely right. Sammy, after having a great game, was named in the Football League Team of the Week. So well done, Sammy Moore. Two goals, getting named in Team of the Week, various uh, goals of the week around yeah. various websites and stuff. However, not to be outdone, uh, <laughs> Dean Cox was announced as joint Player of the Month for September, and he won that award as well in August. So he's won out yeah. two out of two, and he gets a clean sweep. Um, and obviously, the highlight of the month, you know, was obviously. Dino's wonder free kick against Northampton away in the last minute, which yeah, is superb. Which it's rescued a point. Absolutely. So well yeah. done, Dean. Then Alan Dunn and Bradley Pritchard went to, uh, with the uh, Leighton Orient Trust, they, they went and met the BTEC students as part of the induction week. So Orient Trust do a BTEC um, course for, for 16 to 18 year olds. Um, and uh, yeah, they went and had a chat with them, probably yeah. for, for obviously for in, inspirational purposes and just to make sure, you know, education is important. So that's what we're doing with that. Yeah, great community work. It's it's vital. It's never been a more vital time for Orient to be involved in the community. Obviously, with the upcoming 
uh, West Ham. Absolutely. Absolutely. So great work there. And on Tuesday, 6th of October, again, more community work. This was really nice and touching, this one, actually. Fantastic. Uh, Over 250 pupils from St. Joseph's Junior School paid tribute to their caretaker and O's fan of over 20 years, Kevin Bennett, after he recently passed away. The youngsters were invited to Brisbane Road and they marched around the pitch before laying wreaths on the centre circle and taking part in a minute silence and donating a, oh sorry a minute silence and a round of applause as well as each donating one pound to the British Heart Foundation. Uh, St James's head teacher, Mr Alexander, said, "We are thankful to Leighton Orient for facilitating this tribute to Kevin, who was a wonderful man." I mean, that is what. Well, he also said, "This is what makes this club so special." It's one hundred percent right, and it is. Yeah, great work, Dan. Absolutely, well done, guys. Great work. Uh, it's also announced that fourteen-year-old academy defender Brian Galak was selected to feature in an under-15 training camp for Poland. Hopes to have shown enough at the training camp to earn a spot in the Poland under-15 squad, which will face who will face Ireland next month. So yeah. very good luck to Brian. We look forward to bringing more. Uh, an update in absolutely in the near future on on him. So it's great that our our, our young lads are being spotted at yeah such a high level. It's great, brilliant. She needs to keep hold of these lads and make sure they don't get poached by bigger yeah. clubs. But not much you can do, sadly, with the way it's all set up. But yeah, that's another argument for another day. So Wednesday was very quiet. So moving on to Thursday, the eighth of October. Um, Sammy goal, Sammy Moore's goal against Notts County continued to make headlines as it got goal of the week in the football league paper. And also on football on five. So again, yeah. well done, Sammy. He's a tremendous goal. And there was another goal that I thought was also equally as good. Oh, so the Rotherham goal. No, there oh, was okay. there was another one in our <laughs> league. Um, or maybe it was the Rotherham goal, where he's outside the well outside the box again, and he smashed it in. Can't remember. I know. I know his goal beat the yeah. goal for something else. So Alex Chisak's Australia, Australia side lose two 0 away to Jordan. Unfortunately, he doesn't get a game this time. Confined to the bench, and I've got to say, a bit of, is it a bit of a waste of time him going? Absolutely. If Jordan, again, I said it before, if they're playing Argentina or Brazil or Germany or Holland or someone where he's going to, you know, be on the same pitch or even be in the same ground as people like Messi or whatever, fine. Mm. But this was a way to Jordan. And again, he's third choice keeper. No, he's second choice now because the uh, the first choice keeper is injured, which shows that he's still not really going to get a game. No. It's probably playing havoc with his system in terms of jet lag. Yeah. We'll come on to Chizak in a bit, I think, because I don't but think Jordan that's the last one. Jordan's on a football hearing. inside, and they've got like. They lost 2 0. And they're losing 2 0, yeah. someone like Jordan. Like, what's that about? Yep. Um, moving anyway. on to Friday, 9th of October, so yeah. Chizak flies home. Uh, and also, Heather the Crawley match in Hendon said, You win your home games and pick up what you can away. I'm not going to say we're going there and beat Crawley, but we're going to try and do that. But if we go there and get something from the game, then I will be happy. Yeah, absolutely. Positive. I yep. suppose to an extent. And as we re- revealed in the morning on Twitter, the club confirmed that John Marquis signed on a 93-day th- emergency loan. According to George Sessions, there is a recall option inside the first 28 days. So what happened? It ended up being amazing and get recalled on like the 27th day or 28th or the Ginningham forward, whoever that might be at the moment, who's starting. Millwall. Break his leg or something. Oh, sorry, yeah, Millwall. The Millwall forward. Well, yeah, they'll break yeah. his leg and they'll recall him. Recall him because they need it, to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, he scored eight goals in 21 games last season for Gillingham uh, and obviously assuming he can fit into our style we think he'll score goals Absolutely. so Ian Hendon commented it's been no secret that we've wanted to add a striker to the squad following the loss of Paul McCullum to injury and John fits the bill superbly he's played a number of games at this level and has worked with my assistant Andy Hessenthaler at Gillingham last season so we know what he's capable of and he's welcome addition to the squad I really like him I know I've seen him slightly before scoring the odd goal here and there for Millwall on like the yeah. football league show, and he'd done well for Gillingham last season yeah. at a high level. No Tessentala, obviously, good signing for me. Yeah, good signing. 
I'm, I'm inclined to agree, but obviously only time will tell how good it's going to be. Yeah. Certainly the calibre of player that we want and we need is cover. He scored 29 goals in 129 league appearances. So it's not <laughs> overwhelming, one in four and a, four and a bit. Um, but obviously, if his ratio was much better, he wouldn't be absolutely with us on loan. Yeah. So, so, you know, so yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. At Sam Cass nine said, career record is one in six. I think it's more one in five, but that's fine. Uh, doesn't feel confidence that he's the answer, but was slightly better at Gillingham last year. Yeah. Don't, don't forget, he's only twenty three years old. So yeah. Still time on his side. At Elliot M. M. Byrne said, was good last year and seemed. Uh, seemed to have enough that Millwall gave him a new deal. Must have something and hoping we can find it. Spot on. Yeah, absolutely. On. Which leads us on to Saturday, 10th of October. Yeah. Uh, in the morning, the under-18s beat Cambridge 7-0. Say that again. The under-18s beat Cambridge 7-0. That's amazing. They're on fire. Um, They're absolutely smashing that apart. And they it, really And are. it's the same names that keep cropping yeah. up. You know. So goals came from Rian McLean. I think he's a new one, actually, to be fair. But, you know, Victor Adebayejo scored. Yeah. So did Christian Awuzu. Charlie Barker, Josh Caroma, who's starting to get on that score sheet quite a bit, got, yeah. got, got a brace in that, got two goals. And Patrick Adamson, and I think Adamson and Caroma scored last week as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the Ute. <laughs> He'll say that with the kids. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and it's great. I mean, seven goals against another professional side is amazing. Well done, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not like we played, like, I don't know, a kiddie academy non-league. somewhere yeah, yeah like a non-league really you know, good nothing side so a stat from at Opt to Joe was Leighton Orange Dean Cox has been involved in more goals than any other League 2 player this season he's had three goals and seven assists great record which is fantastic so long may that continue yep so the afternoon 3pm Crawley away uh, before the game Crawley had only scored one goal at home this season and also winless when we uh, played him yeah so the team was announced um, so Chizak returning from, from Jordan to make the team uh, back four was Chickson Dunn Essam Clehesi obviously Dunn replacing uh, Baudry who done yep. his head in last week or Clehesi yeah. captain midfield Payne Moore Pritchard Cox and up front Palmer kept his place alongside Simpson subs Granger Shaw James Moncur Turga Kashkett and on the bench the lone signing as we just discussed from Millwall John Marquise yeah um yeah. yeah, nothing really to to add to that. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, it is what it is when you've got a tight squad. So, yep. At John Crab three, so disappointed Turgot misses out again. His pace is an outlet and offers something different. Strong side though. Yeah, I got to agree about Turgot. He always looks lively when he comes on. But he's one of these impactful players. Yeah. He's not one that necessarily would do a ninety-minute game ever. Possibly. So, yep. Uh, at Darren underscore Burrow said he's quite simply happy with that. Yeah, and at Alb five three nine nine said a shame Turgot and Marquise aren't signing. Yeah. I thought he might he might start actually the new loan loan striker. Yeah. Is it Mark Marquise? Mark it. I don't know. Marquis. Mark, let's say Marquis. Marquis. Brilliant. Um, at Total Orient said, Orient playing a lopsided 4-4-2. Cox on the left flank with Pritchard tucked in on the right. Yep, so the match kicked off and we had a few decent early chances as, fir- as early as the first minute. Hesse put a ball in, headed wide by Simpson. Yeah, fourth minute. Dean Cox's free kick drifts just wide of the target with Callum Preston uh, at full stretch. Yeah, and in the eighth um, minute, the opposite goal. eighth minute early pressure paid off. Yeah. Um, Jay Simpson scores his eighth for the season. As a good cross, I think from Chickson actually, found Palmer's header. And he was unlucky actually, Palmer. Good header, hit the post, keeper beaten. Then in a follow up, Palmer gets in there again, but the keeper, keeper blocked it. And then Simpson, done a bit of a Lisbeth, he kind of just Lent one stood way. a bit back and just yeah. let the ball come to him. Like, read the game really well, came to him and he just kind of just passed it in. Side footed it. Typical in. Yeah. Super Kevin finish that was. Yeah, it was. Poachers finish. Yep, yeah, and yeah. I mean, 1 0 up, 8th minute against a team who were winless at home. 
Poor form, 21st in the league. Yeah. Early goal to us. I was down in Bournemouth this weekend for our mate Graham's wedding and um, I was watching it. Uh, well, actually, I, I, I started to listen to it yeah. on Orient Player to start with and then, then we went out. Um, we had to pop out. So then I was following it on Twitter. I'm like, okay, cool, it's 1-0. One one and then obviously as the game evolves, I'm just like, tearing my Smacking hair out yeah, watching yeah. what's going on. So... Uh, in the 18th minute, there was a great in-swinging ball come, uh, that came in, uh, delivered by Cox. Found the head of Pritchard, but he just puts it over. Yeah, and again, you've got to take your chances. And in the yeah. 20th minute, Simpson gets behind the defence, beats her off side trap, um, but only the keeper to beat on the stretch. Uh, and he, he puts his chip just over the bar, and he really should have scored that. Um, and for me, if he scores that, we win the game. Game changer, yeah. Simple. They wouldn't have come back from 2-0 down. Yeah. I, we definitely wouldn't have lost that game if Simpson had scored that goal. And you know, at this level, you got to take those chances against those kind kind of teams. There's been over the last couple of games, there's been game changing moments that you can pinpoint things on. I think I'll mention it a bit later, mm. um, and that was the game changer for me. But two and all, I want to come back. Yeah, no, fair enough. Not a chance. So just uh, a few short minutes later, on the twenty seventh minute, Crawley equalised against the run of play. Rory Deacon sc- um, scores off the post, and he's just caught the inside of the post, and it's just gone in. Really poor goal to give away. Uh, Catalogue of errors here, really. Alan Dunn's poor clearance. Payne should have made a tackle when the ball comes out. Chickson should have shown his man outside, but shows him inside. So, yeah. positional play really there poor, that was poor. Really poor defending. Dunn probably is, is the least um, responsible for that. Like, poor clearance, but gets it out of the area. And then Payne kind of doesn't make a challenge on the, on the ball when it falls to their man. And then Chickson, yeah, surely as a fullback, you show your man outside. Surely, you know? Mm. showed him inside kept saying literally he was like why don't you come inside here because I don't think you're going to beat Shizak from here and he, and he did and he did he really did. bad yeah. goal to concede um, really disappointing as a, and as a defender Hendon must just be livid mm. you know um, so 30th minute um, Simpson has the ball in the back of the net again but the effort is ruled out for offside <clears throat> and apparently he was onside but yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen this that piece of action so I couldn't tell you it, uh, from from what I can remember, I, I'd be inclined to agree. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Thirty two minutes. Crawley attack and Matt Harold shot <coughs> deflected by Dunn before Chickson managed to clear it off the line. That wasn't shown in the highlights. Yeah. Okay. Um, see, a lot of these stuff aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's only two Just minutes. A lot isn't of, like it? ten minutes of play. Like no, you get ten oh, and a half on minutes play. on Orient play. Yeah. Yeah, and then pressure from Crawley pays off in the thirty eighth minute as the corner was cleared only as far as Hancock. So it was time just outside the area. Um, you wouldn't expect him to score from there. And I think if he plays, if he shoots against an un-jet-lagged Chizak, Chizak is saving that all day. But it's only come from the Middle East. It's not, it's only five know, or six hours. I know, but it still takes it's it not, out. Yeah. Think about how you feel, when, you know. Must be half-line first class. <laughs> With a bed and everything. For me, that that's bread and butter, Chizak. Yeah, 100% agree. He shouldn't he shouldn't get a beat, get a beat from there. No. Um, at all. And something kind of that's cropped up, I've had a few messages about this. Chizak's punching policy seems to be getting slightly worse. I seem we mentioned that about two weeks ago. His punching, yeah. was, his punching wasn't. Good. I've always said why do keepers in certain situations need to punch rather than catch? Yeah, but I yeah. don't understand. This is a new fad that yeah. keepers are going for is to punch. Absolutely, he should be catching. But um, most can't punch. That's the sad thing. You know, and it's only it's only time before we concede. In terms of you know, from yeah. an opportunity where he should catch it and he tries he has to punch done. it, he punched um, it and it went to another to another player who scored but also if we can see it yeah and our listeners can see it why, why can't Hendon see it or Lee Harrison see it yeah she's actually a really good keeper he's got great reactions good command of his box gets down early surely 
surely Harrison must know where his weaknesses are. He must yeah. be trying to improve those weaknesses, but you know, hundred percent should be catching. Is a great point. It really is. Maybe we're being too harsh. It'd be great to know what kind of more of you guys think about Chizak in terms of you know how you feel he's doing. Yeah. You know, but I do feel hundred percent fit keeper isn't getting beaten. Yeah, and and certainly should be catching and not not punching. 100% or if he's at jet lagged, why is Woods in Scotland? Because Granger, he obviously doesn't fancy Granger in terms of he's doing all his work to get Chizak back really quickly, which is great, into the side. But if you're Charlie Granger, you must be sitting there going, am I ever going to get a shot here? I know he had a chance earlier in the season, but, you know, play Granger. Yeah. If, if Chizak's just flown back like less than 24 hours before. Yeah. Know. Fair enough. Yep. Um, so just a few minutes later, or a minute later, good cross from Adam Chickson on the left, uh, finds Palmer, but his header is just over. Should have done better there. Well, you, 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 you've got to. Absolutely, you've got to do yeah. better. You know, if you're in, in that position to score as a striker, that's what you're paid to do, score goals. Yep, and in the 45th minute, probably the game-changing moment. Just on the edge. yeah. Uh, Murphy gets brought down by Dunn. To be fair, I thought Murphy was quite clever because he ran across He Dunn. ran across him. He Very, played for that penalty. Played for it. 100%. Played for it. Very clever. But Dunn, 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 Dunn isn't a young man. He's 33 years old. Yeah. He played a lot of games. Yeah. You just think, mate, just, just he's, he's going away from you. He's, he's cutting across yeah, and yeah. away from goal. Why? I mean, Alan Dunn didn't, in my opinion, didn't actually make contact with, with the player. Yeah. So the player's gone across. He's mugged the... He's, mugged the, he's, he's conned the referee... Because he's gone down. It's not like Dunn's caught his foot from what I could see. But Alan Dunn shouldn't be that close to the guy when he's running across. Let him run across you. To Let be him f- run across. And then if he dives and you're a foot away from him, it's like, well, hold on, ref, what's going on here? What's To be fair to Dunn, what's all that about? We, were, we weren't there, so we can't say. But there was lots of comments saying the full-backs were pushing so far up the pitch and we were losing the ball that the centre-backs were both massively exposed. exposed. on their and, own. And SM and thingy, well, yeah. And SM aren't quick centre-backs. No. SM's a powerhouse. Same with Dunn, really. Dunn's not really a speedy central defender. He's not in there because of his speed. He's in there because he can hold up the ball. He's his experience. experience, yeah. So, you know, as bad as Dunn was, and he's had two really shocking games against Exeter and now Crawley, the full-backs have got to take a look at themselves, you know, for not being well-placed. And I said that last week about Chickson. Well, maybe he, it's he, the midfield. Maybe it's the pain that needs to be looking at, at it because if the full-backs are bombing forwards, your midfield... Your holding well, midfielders are going to be the yeah. ones that are going to be filling That's what in. in there for. So conceded a penalty. Dunn gets a red, which was slightly unlucky, but we've seen him given before. Bit harsh, I thought. Bit yeah, harsh. Like... Bit harsh. But when you're when you're the away team and the crowd are on the referee's back and all the appeals are going on, I've seen him given before. We'll, we'll see him given again. Of course. Um, red card and Simon Morton steps up, sends she's out the wrong way, and Maybe from being three, one up, yeah, from being one up and an absolutely comfortable position. I was walking around ball three one down. Going, I can't believe we're three <laughs> one down and down to ten men. It was honestly, it was um, unbelievable. So following the red card, Plessy gets moved to centre back. Pritchard gets moved back into defence at right back, with Simpson I think dropping back uh, into midfield. And the half time whistle goes three one. And yeah, rubbish, absolute rubbish. All three goals defensively were very very poor to concede. It's been unlike us yeah. this season. I thought. Yeah, it's been terrible in that regard. But got a good tweet at half time from at Dunmark who said two weeks ago I almost agreed with Hendon's rub of the green comment. I now take that back. Were just total rubbish at times. Yeah, and yeah, attendance was announced. Very low attendance. Yeah, they don't get they don't get big attendances. It's two thousand five hundred and fifteen, and eight hundred and twenty six of those were eight in Orient. Yeah, fans. brilliant. Joint joint second highest yes. in League Two. Yeah. for that weekend. Um, brilliant effort. 
the only other team that were were greater than us were Portsmouth, who took over eighteen hundred fans away, which, which you'd expect. No, I can't remember who was joint, who we were joint second with. Escapes from memory, but Absolutely. anyway, yeah. So at half time, John Marquis uh, comes on yep. for for Oli Palmer, which I think is right because he's not he's not scored. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, recently, so he played his way into the team. I think he's now turned the corner and done a U turn, um, and now he's played himself out the team. Maybe like Turgot, got better as an impact player. But yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So second half started and it looked like a four two three for Orient with Pritchard. Um, uh, four two three. Four two three. Yeah, Pritchard's still right back. Sorry, um, with Cox Marquis. And Simpson rotating in the attack. Fine. Uh, 55th minute, Chizak makes a fantastic save. Stops it from being 4-1. Um, ball in from Murphy finds Harold, who funds the headers towards the net, and Chizak saved brilliantly. Good. Lovely dribbling. Four minutes later on 59, <coughs> John, uh, John Mark was header, and Preston make a, makes a great save and keeps it out with his foot. That was a really great save, and obviously quite a pivotal one, because it's game on from 59 minutes. It was a really good header, actually, from Marquis. He couldn't have done more. It was in the corner. The keeper just really fast reaction. Good save. This is another one where a keeper's had the best game uh, of his life. He's only had two career games. He only made his debut last Tuesday. Um, if that if that goes in, I reckon we've really got something out of that game. Right. I absolutely do. And in the 60th minute, yeah. Turgot comes on for Cox. Strange one taking Cox off. Yeah, as um, opposed to who? Uh, Pritch. More. Pritch is at right back. Oh yeah, more. More was yeah. carrying an injury. Surprised to see Cox come off, but yeah, okay. he done that. And then 61st minute, Marcus making a nuisance of himself as he heads over. But good to see him getting in there, getting yeah. involved and causing some problems considering he only joined on, well, even though he joined on Friday, <clears throat> we know he was training with the squad earlier in the week. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that maybe worked not out yet. well. Um, and then Preston again makes a great save. He keeps out a fierce effort from Pritchard on 64. Yeah, and then we go 3-4-2 and we really start to go for it. Pritchard goes into the right midfield. Target goes on the left and we all push up and in the 81st minute that gets rewarded as uh, John Marcus beats his man he done really well actually he did very well beats his man and he looks up and he's got time he's quite calm under pressure I like that and he, he picked out Simpson good finish by Simpson very good finish makes it 3-2 and gives us all to play for with 10 minutes left bit of pressure on him yep absolutely and then 4 minutes later on the 85th minute off the line Preston came for Pritchard cross failed to get there for more uh, Moore's low effort was hacked away so Typical. again that goes in it's 3 all. you know yep. what I mean you might even get a chance to nick the game absolutely in 87th minute Scott Cashett comes on for pain I think you're going to make a point about it later but yeah. what can Cashett really do in 5 minutes and the pain's taking pain off at that point seemed like a bit of a silly move because pain was having a good uh, and he wants to go for the game well probably all backing off which means yeah. pain can push on yeah um, so six minutes of extra time are played we don't even come close and, and the bogey team that are yeah, uh, we lose we lose to them again so Ian Hendon um, commented on the Dunn incident and the penalty he said Dunn is, Dunn is going back in and looked very clumsy and like a penalty I've got to be honest I don't think it should have been a sending off when you look closely at the video the lad has already gone on his way down before anyone else gets gets any anywhere near him that is initially what I thought, but then the referee gives it and you go with it. But then we have had a look at the video and the lad has played for it. Yeah, on the match, Hendon went on to say, I don't think the defensive errors are down to our formation because we have taken the game to Crawley for long periods, even in the second half with 10 men. I just think defensively we need to switch on. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what we need. For the penalty, we are a bit forward with defenders <coughs> bombing on, trying to get forward and joining. But Crawley come back and played down the side where our defences vacate, so there's a lot of work to be done. We did start brightly, and it could have been a lot better as well. We have scored one, had run ruled out for offside, and if the officials look closely at that, they will see the centre-half is in line with Ollie. So there again, he's saying he was onside. Um, it's just a fact that Ollie is the first blue-shirt linesman on this side sees. If the linesman had been on the other side of the pitch, 
he probably wouldn't have seen it. It's a fair point. Yeah, uh, that was an opportunity. Jay went through and should have scored, so we could have been two or possibly three up. But I can't keep talking about that. Defensively today, we made mistakes. I think just to correct this, I think we said it was Simpson in that position. It was Palmer. Right. Okay. Just to just to correct ourselves there. Then there's a, a chap on Twitter <laughs> called Connor Armstrong. It's at Connor Armstrong. He said. He reported that he's a freelance journalist. It's uh, confrontation and heated exchanges in the tunnel post-match. Mark Yates, Ian Hendon, Andy Hessenthaler and Reese Murphy were all involved. Hessenthaler and Hendon both made it clear they felt Murphy had dived for the penalty and Orient staff went to Murphy with video footage. Murphy refuted the claims repeatedly but protestations continued from Orient as players began to emerge from both dressing rooms. Eventually, Gwion Edwards emerged to pull Murphy back into Crawley's dressing room. Yates was angry with Orient staff for confronting Murphy and Yates got everyone back into his dressing room and closed the door. Hessenthaler continued to shout and complain to the press. It all happened mid-interview with Hendon and he went on to say his side weren't defensively good enough. He was unhappy with Chisak for the second. Yeah. So... I mean, what is the point of Hessenthaler banging down the door? Like, he must have looked like an absolute nutter just shouting He just looks so unprofessional and so un- unsportsmanlike. I know the guy has conned the referee for a penalty, but after the game's over and the players leave in the dressing room, what what is the point? What is if we'd have won that, would he still done it? <clears throat> Absolutely. And what's it going to achieve? All he's going to yeah. do is get Hessenthaler fine and get Orient a bad reputation as bad losers. Yeah, The second true. time he's done that, we've been in a losing position as well. Yeah, you're 100% right. So league position, if we'd have won that, we'd have gone top. But as yep. we lost, we dropped to seventh in the yeah. league. So that just shows you how fine a margin things Absolutely, are at the top yeah. of our, our league. Uh, so it's been our lowest point all season. It shows how tight uh, how, how tight the league is. So we've played 12. We've won six, drawn three, lost three. And we've got 21 points from yep. those 12 games at the moment. So had you have given me that at the start of the season, I would have quite happily taken that from 12 we'd lost lost three yeah. so not all doom and gloom don't want to paint a picture that we're fighting relegation for the second season on the bounce but oh, we, we absolutely know, with the certain ex- point will not be relegated this season it's just whether we'll be playoff automatic or playoff or around yeah. the mid-table which I think is yet to be defined so quite a frustrating game that yep. from my point of view losing to a team like Crawley Town uh, you know like Crawley Town you know with a team of their form um, as you mentioned earlier why bring Cashkit on with three minutes yeah. what, 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 what do you think he's going to do in three minutes give him 10-15 minutes if you're going to do it and I think there's a lot of people just frustrated that they can see some of the frailties of the team um, and, and it's probably quite easily remedied but again you don't know what's going on on the training pitch you know we controlled the first 25 minutes and maybe a couple of spells in the second half but you know controlling the game for 25 minutes and then capitulating you know it, it sums up various various games that we've had this season not taking our chances, uh, creating plenty and not putting enough away. I think probably the Oli Palmer point from earlier about him perhaps yep. you know, taking a seat on the bench now and letting John Marquis come in yep. is, is probably going to help us. Um, I find that quite a depressing and unacceptable result for a team pushing for promotion against uh, you know, a team with the, 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 um, uh, you know, the, the, what, what Crawley have. have you know, they they yep. scored one goal at yeah, home. They hadn't, won at, they hadn't won at home. So, to take that in is, is just is just poor. And again, more refereeing decisions going against us. Yep. Can't blame more referees. Though. Yeah. So I had a text from a friend of mine, Simon Henry. He said, think we've done well to get this far with the players we have. Need more squad depth, ASAP. Beaten today by a team with a budget of a Ryman Premier Club, but they have more heart, desire and passion. Which kind of raises the question in my mind, do we need, do, sorry, do we have a complacent or arrogant attitude towards other teams in this division? Does the chairman need to back Ian with more signings, which we, we clearly need? So we know that Bichetti's cut spending 
to be more in line with a more sustainable model yeah. rather than just lashing <clears throat> loads of money uh, at it. So, you know, he, Ian says he's backed him all the time, but maybe it's time Ian went, went with a slightly better shopping list. Harrods as opposed to Primark? Maybe. <laughs> I'll take Sainsbury's or Waitrose. That's a great question, though, you ask. Do we have a complacent or arrogant attitude towards other teams in this division? That's what Paul... Pause raise that question. Let us know what you think, you know, at Twitter, at Orient Outlook. Or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. And you're welcome to disagree <coughs> with me. I have no problem with that. Absolutely. So my views, again, a poor result. How many times can we lose to Crawley, you know, especially as they were a Crawley team, poor form, short goals, and we gifted them three goals in 18 minutes. Essentially all the goals were gifts. Uh, the key chances in the match, you know, in, in all the first halves recently, there's been a key opportunity for us to go two up or to build on something, and we just don't. Example, Pritchard against Carl Lowell in the first minute. If Pritchard scores that goal, we go one up in the first minute, we would have battered them. Um, Simpson against Notts County, the opportunity to make it 2-0, and if he scores that, we would have we would have sweeped them over. And there's just lots of games where that should be the um, where we should score. I still think James has got a massive part to play this season. Mm-hmm. I think plan C should be a four-five-one because he's obviously not going to drop pain. <clears throat> But you can play. You could. You could play Payne and James in the same team as well as Moore um, and Pritchard. You just have to drop one in the front too. But six points from the last twenty-one tells its, its own story. Diamond isn't working at the moment, <clears throat> and Chizak's punching is slightly becoming a concern. Yeah. Um, and I thought at, at Connor Armstrong, who we mentioned before, that freelance reporter, summed the match up totally when he said Crawley did well, told on in the late stages, but Orient's mad twenty minutes at the end of the first half has ultimately cost them. Yeah, it's spot on the money there. At Stats Christian said, Crawley have won all, f- have won all four home league meetings with Leighton Orient and won six of their seven overall league meetings home and away. Yeah, terrible stat. Terrible yeah, stat. Terrible from our point. So those were our views. Your views. Matt Bristow wrote on his blog, same old story. And how are we losing to this lot around at half time? Well, when you don't kill off teams, you will get punished. Chances are being created, but unless you show a ruthless streak, you will always be vulnerable. Orient have failed to keep a clean sheet since August. Uh, a run of eight games, something which has to change if Orient are to challenge come the end of the season. 100% spot on the money. Spot El Coado from Twitter said, to make life easier, can we just not give Crawley six points every year? There's been a slight overreaction to the loss on Twitter. The only thing I'd say is I want Hendo to try the cubic zirconia <laughs> formation. It's a lot like a diamond, but it isn't a bloody diamond. Also, surely it's time for Joby to come back. Yeah, good point. What is going on with Joby? Um, At Chris underscore Holmes 24 said, maybe we have become too predictable. Yeah, that's quite quite right. At Kai Showing said, should have been good enough to make make the dodgy decisions a moot point. Good to hear Hendo remind the players to salute fans. Yep, I like that. At David G. Boone said, we missed Baudry. No leaders. Stupid players sent off. Should have put a new guy on earlier. Let down by the squad. Killer instinct. Yeah, at Matt Bristow, same old story. Dominate for 25 minutes, only score one, fail to kill the game, punished by silly mistakes. Yeah, at David 12 Lloyd, probably the most controversial uh, tweet in the last week. Shane Lowry was better than Dunn. <laughs> Shouldn't be losing wow. Crawley. Wow. At FBish66, <laughs> a referee was a total idiot for a start. <laughs> um, at Jacob Evident, so don't think we could, I don't think we could have lost to a poorer team. Should be winning against dead teams like them. Yeah, at David C. It's finding it very hard to look at the positives after losing to two poor Crawley and Carlisle sides in the last few games. These tweets are slightly edited. The full versions can be seen on our Twitter wall. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd underscore, underscore Stratton 
So not sure there are any positives, to be honest. Chances created don't count to the league table. Points do. Good points. Good point, At Lenham, for defensive carnage in the first half, still need a centre-back for players to fight for their places in the team. Yep, absolutely. Yep. At David, TH64301889. So the points from today, Hendon needs to ditch the diamond. Palmer's a weak link. We need a new centre-back as cover. Marcus was very good and must start. Yeah, at Orient Mad said, first half we let we let a game, we were in control of slip to a very poor team. At the end of the day, you have to play good for 90 minutes. Yeah, absolutely, at Stiggy 64. So primary school level defending from the O's today. Had the Crawley girl guides turned up, they'd have scored against us too. <laughs> good to <laughs> Stiggy. At Scriberian Dan, no baldry today, but the central defence has been the Achilles heel all season. Need a Mackie type. Yeah, absolutely. At TCW0102, said... Saturday was such a disappointment. Saying we go again is good, but we need more order teams. Spirit will ebb. Yeah, at Steve Cab 121. Before yesterday, Crawley had only two points and scored one goal at home this season. Did we really expect anything different? And in response to this tweet, at Gord Howard said, Of course we did. We would have gone top with a win. Needed to prove we were good enough and failed miserably. Yep, so thanks for all your views this yeah. week. Uh, superb again. So, positives and negatives. Yeah, there's obviously a lot more negatives than positives this week. You want to do positives? Yeah, I'll do it. So, positives, Jay Simpson gets another two goals and becomes League 2 leading goal scorer. Yeah. With nine goals. He does. Um, second positive, John Marquis had a good league debut. Should do well in League 2. Yeah. Must start for me against Oxford. Yeah, agree. And lastly, at least we don't have to go to Crawley again for another year. Yeah, just got them to come to us. <laughs> uh, negatives, uh, just a, a few of them. Don't build on a good start. This seems to be a weekly occurrence. Yeah. Not putting our chances away. When the full-backs bomb forward and possession is lost, the centre-backs are under too much pressure. Uh, and we've mentioned it before, but this team is short of leaders. With Baldry missing, nobody really stepped up today. Uh, Cox, Payne and Clahessey have the potential to do so, but obviously not being there, people may tell us a slightly different story. Absolutely. Maybe we're not hearing, you know, because yep. we're trying to watch yeah. the whole game, maybe there are one or two, but again... Yep, so here of the week, um, a bit of a mute point, here of the week, we, I'm going to, for our Spanish works here, here of the week is... Jay Simpson but then when I was watching the highlights I was so annoyed that he kind of missed that opportunity I'm going to give half to Jay Simpson and half to the 826 fans who made that journey to a rubbish little ground like Crawley <laughs> um, so well done you're our heroes of the week so in the week coming up we've got one fixture uh, this weekend uh, which is on Saturday at home to Oxford United which has now been made all tickets so if you yes. want to go get yourself you a, get ticket a ticket early on um, sure <clears> to be a great atmosphere As last time we played Oxford was that magical day Ten seasons ago, Go, and obviously, yeah. we love you know they as, revenge, as great obviously. as a day that was for us. That must have been a terrible day for them. Yeah, because they um, went down, and they sold at their allocation again. I think they sold out at their allocation, got more tickets, and sold, sold it out again. Out. They're well supported team, so we must make sure we get supporting down at Orient. Absolutely, and we don't want to be outsung. They are really on a good run of form. They didn't start off the season too well, but they've gone on this run, uh, and they beat Wimbledon one on Saturday, and now they're third in the league, twenty three points. They got two points more than us. I can't so, believe it because I don't rate Michael Appleton at all. Oh, he's a good manager. I yeah, don't he's rate good. him at all. He's good, but we we need to get a win. If they win, they'll be five points clear of us. Right. Okay. Which we can't allow to happen. No, absolutely not. So that's it. Yeah. That's episode forty-eight. Wowza! So thanks for joining us. Episode forty-eight. We played one match this week away at Crawley, and in line with history, we lost, which meant we slipped down to seventh in the league. So we need a big performance and big result against Oxford. One we're facing this week in John Marquis, who looks to be a very useful addition in this league. Yeah. So again, a reminder, episode 50 is only, it's less than two weeks away. Going to be massive. We hope to make some big, big announcements very soon. But as always, we'll be back with episode 49 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So as always, look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, 
listen to on the podcast. Have a great week. Up, Up the O's. O's. Thanks for listening. Thank you.